This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and we're going to be here for a while. Things might get musical. And I'm Avsenensky, and I try not to let my work affect my personal life, but it's hard when you do what I do. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, the Friends podcast between Pretty Good Friends. We are here today to discuss season one, episode 23, the one with the birth, Mark, which originally aired on May 11th, 1995. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking, I think, at the end of the last episode about all, sort of the, uh, the the drama and excitement that was in this previous week um, from May 4th to May 11th, 1995. Um, and then the next week when the um, or, or this week, excuse me, on May 11th, when the uh, penultimate season one episode aired, the Pacers uh, once again orchestrated a furious fourth quarter comeback against your Knicks, uh, sent the game to overtime where they won. Um, by the score of ninety-seven to ninety-five, which is uh, which would uh, be a an important score in the series, is all I'll say. But uh, my point of all this is, I don't think of uh, that you or many of your friends were watching Friends live here down the stretch in season one, because I'm guessing uh, if you're watching something that Thursday evening was probably uh, uh, the Knicks or possibly the Rangers in the playoffs. Yeah, it, it might have been sports that I was watching, but I mean, towards the home stretch of season one of Friends is when I started to hear chatter about it mm. in school when like you know some of the kids in the class started to talk about oh there's this new show we're obsessed with it it's so funny it's so you know um you know there's like there's like a lot of sex in it like which was obviously very exciting for kids our age at that time um i think we were in sixth grade probably so like you know it's it's uh it's in that sweet spot yes yes the show starts um, uh in our in the fall of our sixth grade year yeah so this was you know you know spring of sixth grade um mm, so i don't yeah. know like, i i honestly like i don't remember which episodes I saw and which ones I didn't. I and think and I, just to remember, remind the youngs, like if you didn't see it live on air, you, you never know, saw it. You just saw it last week the, for the first time. Yeah, or in the summer they would reshow it. You know, like sometime. but they would they would only pick like usually like six or seven episodes. To, yeah, no, they to weren't showing the whole thing the summer. You weren't yeah. right. You weren't seeing the whole thing. I mean, um, what percentage of people watched any show in the '90s every single episode? Because even like big fans of a show you miss it once in a while you have other things yeah. in your life you're on you... you're on vacation you're yeah. someone I mean, dies the, the vcr like... was an option now my family never recorded anything but i knew families that recorded a ton of shows but so. the vcr was like a 20 percent success rate yeah again, it was like never... so many things that could go wrong with like programming a vcr to record like this is yeah. it's like one thing where you're like okay i'm here and i could hit record mm-hmm. that was like an 80 percent success rate <laughs> yeah well, if you had to program there was, you know, it's like the Seinfeld with the with the alarm clock, like times a million. Was your family like, uh, record? Like, did you guys record a lot of stuff on the VCR? I use. I did a lot of recording programming once I was like in high school, um, but I was probably the only one in my family that knew how to record how to program. Yeah, the VCR. Uh, n- no one ever recorded anything in my house on the VCR ever. Uh, but I do remember my friend Lisa in um in middle school. She was allowed to watch unlimited television on the weekend, but no television during the week. And so she would record. I remember specifically her mentioning Friends as one of the shows that she would record uh, to watch on the weekends. Well, I'm so Sorry. excited to be podcasting with you, and I love Lisa so much. Yeah. Um. Anyway, 
so yeah, so the one with the birth, uh, the penultimate episode, a a very highly ranked episode, you know. But I, I think that those the public rankings tend to rate very highly any episode where a significant event occurs, a, a birth, yeah. a wedding, a, a, a love consummation, etc. And so yeah, we we have a birth in this episode, as the title spoils. Uh, should we jump into it? Yes, let's jump into right. the one with the birth, well, which was first. written by David Crane, Marta Kaufman, Jeff Greenstein, and Jeff Astroff. And directed by James Burroughs. But before we do, Pearl Jam. So I, I'm going to say that that uh, tonight we're going to we're the show is going to be about friends. I actually don't know what I'm talking about exactly. We continue right where we left off from last week. The whole gang is here at the hospital. Everyone has come to greet Carol and help her into the labor room, except someone is missing. Carol has not yet arrived. Yeah. Um, but other than that, no big deal. So hold on a second. Ross was called by Carol. So obviously Carol didn't call from the hospital. So she was calling from from where? Probably from home. Okay, and then now, now they're also they're at Cornell, which is on the east side, or at least the external shot establishment shot shows Cornell, which is the hospital that Columbia also uses. Uh, excuse me, Seinfeld also uses, um, even though it's on the east side, and they live down in the village, so you know they could use you know NYU or many other closer hospitals. But um, yeah, it, it's weird because they get here before, and that's taking into account the fact that Ross took forever because he was waiting for all of his friends to be ready. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that um, Cornell has, like, a doctor that specializes in lesbian births, so oh, that, yeah, could, that could be why they went there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a good point. Yeah, I don't know why, they, why they're going all the way uptown. Yeah, and, um, and and I think the real answer is just that the uh, it's a preferred external shot for shows in New York in this era for hospitals because it's a pretty-looking hospital, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, now Ross is very nervous. Um, my wife do- did ha- does have a friend who gave birth in the car on the way to the hospital so this mm. stuff does happen yeah my sister had a uh semi um in the cab didn't give birth but uh like the process was started in the birth yeah in the, suppose in the, in the cab excuse me i was told and it was like in like a very fancy car that like basically that got rendered totaled because like it was like literally covered in blood like the entire <laughs> interior okay yeah i mean I- i've seen pulp fiction there's a there's a way around that you just call the wolf yeah, you call the wolf. He, uh, yeah. No, no, I mean, they, they, it wasn't really totaled, but like basically they, they had to spend like thousands of dollars to clean it afterwards. Um, and I don't think insurance covers that. Mm, they don't cover uh, uh, bl- uh, blood from a... a I think neither of the health insurance nor the car insurance. It's like you, you probably go after everyone. It's like this is part of the birth, the car is damaged. Well, the, the health insurance is for sure not covering your, your upholstery. Well, it's it's all related to the birth. They should cover the birth and all the consequences of the birth. But, but, <laughs> I mean, you must have really good health insurance. I don't know. I have very good health insurance. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, mm. Obamacare. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, um, you know, we 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 find out that Carol hasn't passed her mucus plug yet, which mm-hmm. I don't even remember what that is. Um, and um, Joey lets everyone know that like he's not up for this. When he has a baby, mm. he's gonna be in the waiting room handing out cigars, mm. as Chandler points out, because Joey will be having a baby in a movie in the nineteen fifties. Yeah. Or or Bad Red, which takes place in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. know Chandler's off by ten years. Yeah. This would continue on for a full decade. Um I, Phoebe I, arrives. I think it probably lasted even longer than that, no? Yeah, I think so. I think probably the seventies. Yeah, maybe even the eighties. I mean, Ooh, I give out cigars. 
No, when your child was born, you were not in the room with your with your. When wife. my child was born, I was holding up my wife's legs. So yes. That okay. The baby yes. Come out. Oh, so you gave your friend cigars later? Okay, you weren't in the waiting room handing out cigars <laughs> no. as the baby was being born. I, I I gave no cigars to anybody ever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. All my friends were in the waiting room. Waiting. You know, they were all waiting together with us. Um. That's how normal friends groups act. Um. And um. Who was know, who was like uh for your first child's birth? Who was like the the most surprising person to be at the hospital. Um, so we, I don't did... mean to come visit after he was born. I mean, like spending the whole time there during the, delivery um, no, it's funny though. We did have a surprise visit. It was funny. Our friend, our, our friend in common, Alana, who's a doctor, who's a doctor in the hospital that we gave birth in. Alana R. Alana yes. R. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she like popped in and we're like, what, what are you doing here? And she's like, Oh, like I, she know, works there. I, she like saw on Facebook. So she just like came. Cause like she was there. Yeah. 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 No, that's, um, happen. Yeah, but uh, other than that, nobody. Yeah, no, nobody surprising came. It mm. was like close family. <laughs> that's it, like mm. immediate family. Yeah, no, well, uh, that's true. But but I don't think either one of us had any, a friends type group of friends. So no, no. yeah, I mean, arguably I do, but you know, they're not mentally ill, so they. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, some of them are, but those, yeah. they didn't come either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Phoebe's here. She's got her guitar. And finally, Carol and Susan arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a little bit late because they stopped to get a stuffed animal and a chunky at the gift shop, which mm. uh, Ross is very displeased about. What's worse yeah, well, to get is uh, a chunky when you're giving birth or the juju fruits when somebody else has gotten injured? Yeah. Well, I know the chunky who left that chunky. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, Carol. Uh, I guess she's, uh, you know, a, a nine-month pregnant woman. I guess you could call her chunky, but uh, not not as chunky, obviously, as our as our portly uh, postal carrier, Fred Newman. Listen, a pregnant woman is allowed to do whatever she wants on the way. She can 100% stop and get a kid. Like, there's nothing wrong with this. Um, and, and Ross is uh, insane here for being upset. So, yes, the juju fruit is clearly worse. Yeah, the juju fruit is, the juju yeah. fruit is worse. I and think, just, yeah. just in general, and, and with the caveat that my experience um, in maternity wards, uh, much like yours, it comes like, you know, two decades later than this. So maybe it was complete free for all in the 90s. But like there is no security. in this. Like just just the accuracy of this maternity ward in general is very poor, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, you know, people are just going and coming and going. Babies are just being rolled through the through the um the waiting room um this common waiting room which you don't have to go through like a sec- like the, the, to get into maternity wards and hospitals at least nowadays and again maybe it's different in the 90s like you you have to be scared every time you come in because they don't want people ba- stealing babies obviously um now later they'll hang out in an unlocked available supply closet which you know uh, doesn't exist in it and, and i've spent a lot of time in hospitals because uh we used to live in hospital housing connected to the hospital and so i visited my wife many many times um, I would I would bring her a baby to nurse every night while she was working. So I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, never seen any uh, unlocked supply closet, but uh, that's a common trope, I guess, on TV shows in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but but again, my my my, my hospital knowledge is, is is much later than this. So maybe in the nineties things were different. Yeah. So we uh, we we jump across the opening credits and we're still in the delivery room. And the um, I would say probably I guess like the main storyline of the episode starts to develop, which is Ross and Susan becoming increasingly competitive over who gets to like you know take care yeah. of Carol. Yeah. Um, oh, this and, isn't uh, new to this episode. Yeah, but, but I feel like it's really escalated in this episode, and this is like yeah. basically like the main storyline of the episode yeah. is is the whole Ross and Susan, uh, yeah. you know, power, yeah, battle. Um, 
So the doctor comes in. They want to know the timing of the contractions. Um, Susan and Ross have very uh, different, uh, not very, but slightly different <laughs> times. But they get into like a big fight over whose watch is better. Mm. Um, Carol's like, you know, oh, you know, can I eat anything? But the answer is no, only ice chips. So they both like, you know, push each other out of the way to run out the door to be the one to be able to retrieve the ice chips for Carol. Of course, then Rachel comes calmly walking in with ice chips in tow and hands them over to Carol. Yeah. And how does Rachel know the ice chip thing already? Yeah, I guess she's just like, whatever, I'll get some ice chips. I don't know. Like, it seems like she kind of stumbled upon it. Yeah. Um, But Rachel's immediately distracted by, you know, she has a type, clearly at this point. Yeah. Whether it's uh, Dr. Barry or Dr. Green or the other Dr. Green. Or Dr. Franz Blau from this episode. Yeah. Um, it's the doctor of it all that's mm. going to um, attract our Rachel here. Yeah. Now, did you recognize Dr. Franz Blau, which is a Jonathan Silverman? I didn't. Um, I did look him up. but Yeah. Well, because I recognized him, or so what? I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but then I looked at his IMDb, and it wasn't clear to me what I knew him from. So. Okay. Oh, but, so, you don't, uh, so, you, so you're not sure where you recognize him from still? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's got a recognizable face. I guess he I mean, was I, in. I, I've he seen was, some of the things that he's in, but but none of them like jumped out to me. as, Oh, that's what I know him from. Yeah, he was in Weekend at Bernie's, but Which I assume I've he was much. That, I assume yeah. neither have I. So, but I assume he was much younger in it mm-hmm. because yeah. Weekend at Bernie's didn't come out in 1995. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, Jonathan Elihu Silverman. Um, would you care to guess the religion of this fellow? <laughs> Yes, I think we can count him in a minute. Yeah. His father was a a rabbi. His mm-hmm. grandfather was a famous conservative rabbi, Morris Silverman. Okay. His mother is from Jerusalem. Okay. He's a Jew. We got him. Yeah. Um and he's friends with and he's friends with David Schwimmer, who was a classmite at Beverly Hills at, High School. You had me at Jonathan. Oh, you had okay. me at Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan Elihu. Yeah. yeah. Um Mm, yeah. So yeah. So we uh, we are we're in the waiting room where Monica has a real case of the baby fever. Um, every baby that's wheeled past Monica is like beside herself, and she tells Chandler that she really wants a baby. Not tonight, honey. Um, you know, give it six or seven seasons. We'll, uh... Yeah. Well, okay. So so here's my question. I'm sure that there is an answer to this, and I probably could have you know googled it or researched it, but I didn't. But like. Did the show have any inkling whatsoever? Like, uh, certainly, I don't think they had a set plan. But was there any no. inkling? Okay, because so it just so. so just there's like the funny joke about like them joking around getting together at forty. Yeah. In, in hindsight, it's just very funny, basically. Yeah, no, and I think uh, I think I read that by the time they're forty, they will have been married for like eight years or something. So like, you know, that's not actually what happens here. They, you know, they genuinely end up together, not as of some like you know when we're old and forty and that death door packed. I mean. Kind of, the, you know, no, not too many spoilers, but that is kind of how they get together. Right? Like, it, it's, it's sort of like the we don't have anybody and like, oh, well, we're, we're hanging out. We're friends. And, and then sort of the surprise of it, you know, oh, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to London. But, oh, will we? Yes. But, but my, well, I don't know if we will. Yeah. But my, my perception <laughs> is it was sort of like um, I'm not saying it wasn't a great relationship, but it was sort of like they both had the frustration of, of dating so many people unsuccessfully. And it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe it was you all along. Right. Um I yeah. guess there's sort of there's a very subtle distinction. All right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So Joey's watching basketball in the waiting room. I think it's the Knicks against the Celtics. Well, and so was, uh, oh, okay. Well, you you I, tell I, me because I watched this episode twice, and this was one of the things I was really focused on the second time. It it's not. We know that the Knicks are playing, 
and we know that Lydia is a Celtics fan. But it's not clear that they're playing the Celtics in this game. Yes, it could be that she's just a Celtics fan because she's a Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you think they're play, They're like playing the, the Knicks the are playing the Heat or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then also, uh, like, uh, and when she says the Knicks sucks, well, who are you a fan of? Right. Which is like, uh, in other words, are you a fan of the other team in this game? And she's like, no, I'm a Celtics fan. Right. And he says, oh, the Celtics aren't good right now, which is true. Although they had just been very good for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's, but, it's, um, yeah, I think you're still okay to be a Celtics fan in 1995. Yeah. It's like you yeah. haven't been a you know, dynasty in several mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Um, now, let's let's talk about uh, Lydia for a second. So this is sure. uh, uh, Leah Romini. Yeah. Uh, certainly not going to be a member of the Tom Selleck Club. Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. Where's Richard? Your boyfriend is so cool. Really? Yeah, he let us drive his Jaguar. Joey for 12 blocks, me for 15. Wow. <laughs> he must like you the best. But uh, you, don't, I would... you don't think her role as Stacey Carosi and Saved by the Bell gets her in the Tom Selleck Club? <laughs> Yeah, but um, even I mean I don't think she would be at any point. But yes, to your point, at no point this, is she in the yeah yes. But at this point, that. she is um, you know not yet famous. Uh, she's been on things, but her breakout role will be Queen of Kings or King of Queens, excuse King me. Queens, yes, yeah. <laughs> which uh, which starts three years later. So, yep. um, and, and it, it, her acting in general in this episode to me was just sort of like very over the top sitcommy. Yeah. Which again, you look at her IMDb to this point. She had been, she had, she had been guested on like a million different sitcoms. That was her main uh, career at that point. Um, and listen, I try not to judge a pregnant woman for her emotional reactions, and so uh, maybe that's a uh, that's the reason for this <laughs> behavior. But I don't know. Doesn't she? Does she not seem sort of very sitcommy to you? Yeah, very much. Um, when when uh, around the time that all of our uh, wives were, um, you know, bearing children, mm-hmm. I was I was taught a fun game called Crazy or Pregnant. <laughs> where <laughs> fun for who? <laughs> fun to think about in your head and never to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, when someone in your presence who's pregnant is acting crazy, and you have to determine, you know, are they just crazy or is this pregnancy that's making? Crazy? Yeah. I'll touch um, this one with a ten foot pole. Yeah. Um, Leia, Leia Ramini, Ramini, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, she, I believe she also I saw audition to play the part of Monica. Uh, mm. She was not successful. Yeah, she's also she's she's somewhat involved with Scientology or something, or she's a, she's an ex Scientologist. Yes, which... yes, she's a very public critic of Scientology. Yeah, she's uh, one of the good guys. Not not to uh, get Scientology bad at uh, pretty good friends here. But, you're uh, a huge anti Scientologist, apparently. Yeah, yes, yes, I'm a uh, rabid anti Scientologist. Yes. Yeah, no, it seems like a very um, dangerous cult. Yes. <laughs> should, uh, be and we're sued. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You could yeah. get all the yeah. damage. It's pretty, pretty good. Have we incorporated yeah. where they can't come out? Yeah. Yeah. Know. No. So we're personally liable for the 14 yeah. cents. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully no one listens to this. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned uh, Phoebe's guitar earlier. Were we uh, tracking Phoebe's songs? We were, I think, only tracking them to the extent of like the best song, maybe. Let me see. Let's see what okay. we have in our so, song sheet. Yeah, because she sings the Parenthood song. She has song. two songs here. Oh, Phoebe songs. Yes. Yeah. So um, she sings the Parenthood song in the waiting room. Parenthood. Okay, let's add these. I, I, The last song I have is season seven, episode 11. So now we're in season 11, one episode. What are we, 23? Yeah. So I'm sure we missed something. Yeah. But, 
Um, yeah, so we have the Parenthood of one, and then she has the, they found their, their bodies. They found there. their bodies the very next day, yes, in the supply closet, yeah. Okay, I'm going to call that the found their bodies song. Yeah, the, uh, the bones are, the, the bodies are their money. <laughs> the bodies are their money. Okay, but are, but neither of these are better than the Snowman song, right? I think that's still the best one. Yeah, the Snowman song is, well, because it's about so much, but um, they found How was I supposed yeah. to know? I would say that they found their dead. bodies the very next day. Sounds like a great ballad. We just, we didn't hear enough of it to know. Yeah, we didn't hear it, really. We only we only heard the um you know the uh, refrain, yeah. Um. So yeah. So Joey um you know tells um Stacy what's her what's her actual name here? I'm gonna call her Stacy. Um. Lydia. 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 He, yeah. He's like, oh, let me go find the father, and she's like, oh, actually, there isn't really any father. Yes. Yeah, so very sort of over the top, Joey. Like, let me go find. That's not like a thing you say in that situation, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the father. She does. She knows about the father. Yeah. The father. <laughs> like she doesn't need you to remind her. Oh, right, the father. Yeah. You got him. Yeah. How does that? Uh, yeah. So it's not so, a this one. Yeah. So we have yeah we have the parenthood song about how you know kids are going to grow up and then they're going to hate you, which um you know. So far, I have I don't they don't hate me, but uh, yeah, I've I heard see of that, I, but yes, I see it, I, I see it coming. Oh, you do see it coming, yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. I think, well, yeah, you know what, honestly, I think they're probably not gonna hate me, I think they're probably gonna hate the, the mom, and I'm gonna be like the like good guy, guy who like, oh. like who doesn't like get involved with like you know, I'll just be like, oh, uh, and, like I'll let her like be the bad guy. Oh, okay, um, I think that's my strategy, yes. Um, you would take I a literal bullet for your wife, but not an emotional one. I don't like to con- be confrontational. Yeah. 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 So Monica's baby fever gets kicked up a notch when twins pass by. Very unfair. Why do they get two? She doesn't even get one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I feel like she, you know, she hasn't fulfilled probably many of the necessary conditions to yeah. have a baby. Like, no one, yeah. I don't think anyone is preventing her from having Yeah. A baby. Has she been actively trying to have a child? Because, uh, yeah, it, complaining about this uh, at this stage is, uh, I mean, wanting one is fine, but being yeah. like angry and jealous of people is, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll later learn that there's like at least a 50% chance that her uh, her shit don't work anyway. So maybe uh, much later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, or maybe it works at, at now point, and just not later. At this later. point, she's yeah. sleeping with guys in high school. Like she's not trying to live with big guys. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. You don't want to follow, you know, you give, you know, be the, mo- the mother of a baby of a high school baby. Yeah. So. Like he can't even, uh, you know, change diapers. He's got biology class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the so this, so, Power so, thing so this is this is when Chandler thing. makes the offer. She uh, yes. absolutely refuses because hypothetically, why won't I be married when I'm forty? Yes. Uh, no, I hey. thought this was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it was good when she was. He was like, no, no, no. Hypothetically, he's like, okay, hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, so Rachel comes back. She's apparently wearing a much more fancy and attractive outfit now. She went home to change in order to impress this doctor. Yeah. Um. And we find out that, as I said earlier, her dad, Dr. Green, is a doctor. Mm, yes. Chandler uh, points this out. Yes. So uh, that may be the cause of this particular psychosis. Yeah. Um, so, uh, psychosis, you know, uh, uh, preference, you might say. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. A, yeah. A Jewish girl's preference for doctors. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Very familiar with it. Um, I feel like that that's kind of uh, that shit. That thing is not really a thing anymore. Right. I feel like when. People weren't like doctor crazy when we were going through dating and stuff the way that like our parents spoke about it. Yeah, I think it's also like the privilege of we live in worlds where it's like so much more common to be a doctor, candidly. Right. So it's not seen as such a unique thing. 
I think you know if if you didn't grow up, but like your dad was a doctor, my mom was a doctor. Yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. So, 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 so I think so for us, it's not as exciting uh, or unusual or unique, or you know, as or as noteworthy as you know. There's many families where there's people who haven't even gone to college, that'll be a doctor. So I think in that right. way, it might be a little more right. Exciting. So you're just saying like, like our parent generation, like right, like obviously like my mother's parents general, yeah. were not doctors. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> my, well, actually, my grandfather was a doctor. But yeah, and they got so, uh, he he got a medical degree in the concentration camp. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, um, he's studying under Mengele. <laughs> I was trying not to go there, but um, so yeah, okay. So now we're gonna. Who, we're did, gonna who, did, who did Mengele work for again? Who did he work for? Yeah, he worked for um, Saint uh, Saint Mary Saint Auschwitz. Yeah, I was just trying to get Adolf's, Uncle Adolf's name uh, on the pod by uh, uh, by uh, you know contract. Anyway, let's carry on. So yeah, so we are uh, we're in Lydia's delivery now room for now yes. for a little bit. Yeah. And... Now the nurse here, and she'll end up being in both rooms, and Carol's yes. also. So this is June Gable, who also plays Joey's agent Estelle. Correct. So but I don't think we've met her yet in the show, right? Did we? Yeah, she got oh, her part. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I mean, so clearly the show just loves her and wants her to be on as much as possible. And listen, Curb does this, Seinfeld does this. Yeah. But um. But Estelle is a is a repeat customer repeatedly throughout you know throughout the series. Yeah, I feel like this is a this is like kind of around the time where like this would stop flying on shows, right? To like just like well, reuse but, uh, people. Curb did it, uh, you know, into the. Yeah, I mean, I I'm saying like the next like five years or so, I think is when it yeah. starts to phase out. Where it's like if you yeah. made a show now, you would be like you know booed off of <laughs> TV if you like you know reuse someone that you use in season one as like a different character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did we talk about how every day is lesbian lover day? No, because I don't think we're up to there yet. Oh, we're not up to there. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Now we're gonna yeah. we're uh, we're gonna spend some time with Lydia. We're gonna we're gonna go oh. out of order. Okay, um. Yeah. So yeah. So she's on the phone with her mom. The mom is like trying to convince her that she's got to you know to let the baby's father know what's going on. Like she can't be alone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm not alone. I'm with this guy Joey uh, yeah. Tribbiani. Yeah. And um, you know, she's like, you know, so they put Joey on the phone to talk to the mom. And, you know, at first, like, you know, Joey's like making a good case. He sounds like a good guy. But as soon as he reveals that he's an actor, she immediately hangs up. Yep. And do we assume Lydia's from Boston being a Celtics fan? Um, so is she calling her mom in like she, South I mean, she's, something? she comes off as like kind of like very Brooklyn y though, no? Oh, well, yes, no, her accent is clearly New York, not Boston, for yeah. Sure. So, like, yeah, the personality, I mean, listen, uh, Boston and Brooklyn can have similar personalities, <laughs> yeah, but she does not seem like she's from Boston, yeah. Um, so you know, Joey starts asking intrusive questions about the father, and like yeah. Lydia like snaps at her at him, but then you know, doesn't want to tell him anything, and uh. Joey's like, um, all right, fine. You don't want to tell me anything. I'm out of here. Good luck. Uh, but like, he can't help himself. He wants, you know, he's uh, he's drawn to this woman for some reason, and he pretends that he's there just to, you know, argue Celtics Knicks. But uh, we can tell he there's more emotionally going on here. Yeah, but maybe and, also he's a bench. Yeah, um, I think it's more than that. I think there's something that's, uh, you know, yes, you know, magnetic here. Yes. Um, and you know, but just, uh, even if uh, the baby daddy does not show up at the end of the episode, I don't think Joey was uh, about to start dating a woman who had just had a child. Yeah, I, 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 I agree, not dating, but he's definitely forming a bond here. Yeah, he's definitely becoming yeah, yeah. like a more, maybe more like a big brother thing. But yeah, although I mean, if he's if if it's really completely not romantic, then 
you know, not to jump too far ahead, but like then like it shouldn't he wouldn't, matter. He yeah. wouldn't right. He wouldn't then you know leave when he sees the father there. He would just be like, oh, like I'm here and like here's balloons from you know just like you know your protective older brother figure. Like I think there definitely is. Yeah, but I mean, even, but even if it's not practical. that guy might be threatened anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we caught a little bit ahead and like Joey is like, you know, he's on the front lines. He's there helping with the breathing. He's helping with the labor and the water breaks. And um, Joey becomes so anxious that he has to start doing the breathing exercises. And, you know, he, uh, you know, he tries to, um, you know, use sports chants to like get uh, to get Leo going to get like the breathing properly. And, um, you know, all goes well. And as we said, you know, Joey, you know, he heads out. And when he returns with the balloons, he discovers that the baby's daddy is there. And he uh, he leaves one set of balloons at the door, but he keeps the other for himself. Yes. So he shouldn't leave. He shouldn't leave empty handed from this whole experience. Um, OK, well, now we're going to go to the main event, which is Carol's birth. And Ross and Susan are at her bedside. They're both trying to help her with her breathing exercises and we find out that the expected name for this baby that's about to be born is jordy which is the first that ross is hearing he thought that the baby was going to be named jamie how could they have changed the name to jordy a completely different name than jamie <laughs> yeah without consulting him. Oh, jordy is much better than jamie um yeah i think jordy is a, is a better name i agree yeah jamie's uh too common i feel i like. mean i do like them both I, I do like um gender neutral names in general mm-hmm um, so I like I do like Jamie too. Um, mm. I think Jordy's a very strong name. You you say you like them. You did not choose them. I did not choose them. Um, but n- n- not that yeah, you can't have a boy named uh, you know Annie, for example. But uh, well, these days you can do whatever you want. Well, I'm not trying to get in trouble here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ross and uh, Susan start getting into another argument because Carol has a cramp. And they get into an argument over who should get to help with the cramp, which I would just say you can help with the cramp. <laughs> yeah. why, why do I need to help with the cramp? Um, I, I would give in on that one. So Ross is like, well, how about since you get to sleep with her, I should get to help with the cramp. Yeah. And this is where Carol's just like, you know what? Both of you get the hell out of here. Neither of you is helping. You're just making this harder for me. I need to be alone. So they, you know, they run off to this supply closet to like, you know, to keep yeah. arguing, you know, out of the limelight. And Ross is like, I don't like what you're doing. Like, you're trying to like take control. You're trying to turn Carol against me. And she's, Ross Susan's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're the father. Like, you, you have much more of a connection than I do. Um, and, you know, there's no father. There's just, there's Father's Day. There's Mother's Day. There's no lesbian lover's day. Ross disagrees. He believes every day. Is lesbian lovely day, and Phoebe comes in. He's like, "Guys, you're creating negative energy. Like this should not be the way that a newborn comes into the world." She like closes the door to try to like calm them down, and they realize that Phoebe has locked them in, and now they're totally fucked. Yes. So this uh, spy closet was not locked until they went in it. Yeah. Um, you know, they try they try every way way out, um, but uh, all they really have is Phoebe and her guitar. Meanwhile, um, Chandler and Monica are still hanging out in the waiting room, and um, Monica's like, you know, in a bad mood because her her mother makes like some comment about how like this is probably the only chance that she's ever gonna have to be a grandmother because Monica's mom's a huge bitch. Yes, 
Um, and then Rachel is trying to flirt with the doctor, but he's just like not into it. And like, he explains to her that like, you know, I spend my entire day dealing with the female anatomy. So like the last thing I want to see when I get home is that, um, yeah, and I, I feel and like I, it's not accurate. I, I vividly remember this line, but yeah. I thought in my head, it was said by a different doctor that oh. Rachel was dating and was said in their apartment. And I think in my head it was it was, um, it was said by the guy, um, not George Clooney, but the other guy, the the younger guy from um, what's his name again? From ER. From ER. Um, um, I forgot his name. Yeah, but, Noah but Wiley. No yeah, Wiley. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. What was Noah Wiley's character? Was it the same? Anyways, oh, I don't in, know. In, in my head, it was Noah Wiley. Like it had been a couple of dates with Rachel, and it hadn't been consummated, and Rachel was frustrated. Why? Uh -huh. And he said at the end, so uh, yeah, so I misremember. I vividly remember this as a line from Friends, but I misremembered which doctor said it and when. Uh, but yeah, it really snuffs out before this can relationship can even begin. Yeah, yeah. So we head back to the supply closet. They're still going at it, and finally Phoebe is like, "You guys are such idiots!" Like, like my father left me. My mother died. My stepfather like went to jail or something. I don't even remember what she said. And like this kid is like the luckiest kid in the world that it has three parents who are like fighting over who loves it the most, and it hasn't even been born yet. What a lucky kid! It really it reminds me a lot of the um. I actually was just talking about this in like Bill Simmons in his like um, the book of basketball. He writes about in his like acknowledgments about like how lucky he was that like he had like a, a set of parents who got like divorced young and then like they both got remarried to people that were like awesome for them. So like, he like grew up with four parents instead of two who were just like great and loved him and yeah. great parents. Win -win. Um, so like divorce win -win. is great. It can work out. Yeah. yeah. Win win win. Um, usually that's uh, not what divorce, happens. Divorce, divorce is better than unhappy marriage for everyone, including the kids. Don't say um, often. I think not always. I don't think that's always the case. I think unhappy I marriage is sometimes. Yeah, I think yeah. unhappy marriage is is uh, is underrated sometimes in that equation. <laughs> I think no, no, because I think divorce can be really destructive. I, well, obviously, I, I, unhappy I guess, marriage can depends, be too. Well, it depends on how unhappy you are. I guess well, it also just also depends it, on like what the living arrangements are. After. Sure, it can be really bad. If it's not that unhappy, then yes, you probably don't have to get divorced. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. people people have different thresholds. Yes, also true. Um, right. Some people like don't will will not get divorced no matter what. Like on principle, yeah. other people are just like, yeah, I don't. Know, this is this is not working. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th I think I think Jen once gave me a Susie esque line um, where she uh, Susie of course said that she would make uh, Jeff's life a living hell for even thinking the D word. <laughs> I think Jen said no. She Jen would never get divorced from me. She would stay married to me and make my life miserable in marriage. Yeah. So yes, yeah, she she would like she would that. not give me a get basically. <laughs> I, I would enjoy watching you be miserable. Asshole. Very very pro Jen. Right. <laughs> um. So um, they come up with this idea where like they're gonna lift up Phoebe through the vent. Um. You know she's put on this um, janitor worker uniform in order to I guess to, so she, her clothes don't get dirty. They don't really explain why she puts on this uniform, do they? Um. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, so just they it's in the room, and because uh, they they need a way for the they need, right, they need, to get right, they need a block yes. mechanism. Yeah, so yeah. they um they lift her up into the vent, and as she's hanging from the through the vent, like right then, all of a sudden, like a janitor comes and opens the door and lets them out, and they leave uh they leave Phoebe in the vent. So we they they run to the delivery room just in time. The baby is like about to start coming out just as they arrive. And the nurse is like, okay, anyone who is not a father or a lesbian life partner, all friends must leave. And, you know, the, the process coming out, here comes the head, here comes the stomach, it's just here comes like, the hands. As, as unrealistic as it was in the first place, 
right? That like all of the friends were there and hanging out the whole time. And I get it. They're really close friends. There is no universe that exists in which Carol is allowing her ex-husband's friends in the room while she's <laughs> right. delivering. While, while the, right, right. While the, in the, the first the, place. While the head is breaching. The... <laughs> it's just, it's impossible. Like, like yeah. women are, are, are birthing persons are very specific about who they want in the room with them. It's usually birthing limited persons. to like a significant other, perhaps a mother, um, you know, maybe sometimes a mother-in-law, a close friend, uh, a doula. It's not an ex-husband's six friends. It's completely insane. Um, Only five friends. Four yes. friends. Sure. Sure. But then, and a sister, yes. But, but then also like, and I've complained about this hospital's unrealisticness before. They are locked in that closet for a long time, and they are banging very loudly. Like this, <laughs> this was a rather busy. Like I don't understand. Nobody went down that like hall in the hospital for an hour. Yes, yeah, was not. Immediately hear the banging. Perhaps they wouldn't have a key, and they have to go find the key. <laughs> right. The idea that they're just unheard for that period of time. Yes, yeah, seems ridiculous. Yeah. So. Um... The baby comes out. Ross confirms it's definitely a boy. I have no idea how you would possibly know that at this age, but you know, he, he knows. What, what, he, he, does he see a penis? Yeah. What does that mean? Penis is not relevant. So, oh, oh, yeah, boy, boy, gender versus sex. God, of course, my apologies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, please, yes. you must apologize deeply. I apologize. <laughs> Violent podcast. Um, Phoebe congratulates them through the vents. Beautiful baby. And Ross is like, how about the name Ben? Since um, earlier Phoebe was wearing a shirt that said Ben on it. So yeah. that's an appropriate name for our child. Yeah. I mean, I named my fourth son Ben. I have no issue. Yeah. Um, Although I did that because uh, Jen's grandfather died and his name was Ben. So oh, okay. Um, I told you, I, I kind of always wish that I had a son named Ben because then in Hebrew, his name would be Ben Ben Av, which is, translates to son, the son of father. Yes, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, alas, I only had girls. Yeah, you could have named one of them Ben. I could have named them Bot. Bot uh, yes. Bot yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, my Hebrew teacher growing up, her name was Bat Sheva with his uh, Beth Shiva, the biblical character, but mm -hmm. also uh, uh, is how one says that they are seven years old. And so in second grade, as every girl in sequence would uh, turn seven, Batsheva would bring her to the front of the class, and she would say, Batkamat, how old are you? And the girl would say, Ani Batsheva, I am seven. And then the teacher would say, Lo, Ani Batsheva, which means, no, I am Batsheva, because that was her name. Ah. And they would go back and forth with this, and every single girl in the class got this attention, uh, but not the boys. Third base. Huh? It's from its uh, Abbott Costello. Third oh, Batsheva, got it. Yeah, thank you. Third base. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Yes. So they, major, major, um, major, 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 major. they welcome all the friends back in. Everyone gets the chance to meet Ben. Phoebe says that she looks just like Susan. I don't think Phoebe is joking. Yeah. Um, and uh, Monica, you know, gets an opportunity to hold By Ben. The way, uh, Jen has a um, adopted brother. Oh, and right. I have been in environments such as my, at my wedding, for example, where people made comments about who the adopted brother looked like, which uh, is sort of the same funny vibes. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Um, and Monica tells Ben that I will be the aunt of yours who always has gum. I don't know what that is. I don't know. What that, I don't get what that line was. Yeah. Very, um, very weird way to end. Well, just in general. So far, we skipped over Chandler asks for a nipple. So I guess it's still not canon that he has an extra one. Huh. Um, Maybe. But, um. The show explains why Ross's parents aren't there, right? They're out of town somewhere. Um, but why do neither Carol nor Susan have any family at all? Because they and don't like, exist in the show. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> it, it, like the show is centered on our core six, but like to such an absurd, uh, up such an absurd level. Like the most dramatic moment of this Ben's debut here on Earth is not when he's held by his mom 
or by his other mom or by his, it's it's by when he's held by his aunt because Monica's one of our That's poor six. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just so like like so funny in this episode how like uh some uh, someone not in the score six is having a baby, but it's gonna be all about the score six somehow. So yeah. And then we go to the 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 post credits this faces thing, which which is cute. Um cute, not hot. Yeah, I guess so. And and I guess that's just like uh, the idea is like, OMG, they're having a baby, which, again, I understand that's why the episode is ranked so highly publicly. Um, but um, yeah, I, I guess also maybe I have to appreciate more like being in that stage of life, like your first friend who has a baby and how big a deal right. it was. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I'm past that at this point. So <laughs> definitely past that. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe, the, the best line here is where Joey doesn't think that his name is really Ben because he's not responding to Ben. <laughs> yes, yes, that's good. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool the way they do this, like from like the baby's perspective. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, you yeah, know, it's all right. Oh yeah, he's my he's my best friend. All right, uh, who is your best friend? I'm gonna say my best friend is Ben. Um, he joins the cast. He joins the world. Um, this is the first of several episodes for Ben. Um, but um, I think you know he he's certainly why why we're all here this episode. So I will say he is the new best friend. Uh yeah, I actually have to agree with you. Everyone's fighting all episode, and then he shows up and he resolves all the conflicts. That's what a best friend does. Yeah. Yeah. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. What about your fucking asshole? Um, my fucking asshole is Dr. Franz Blau. Um, just like, you know, Rachel Green is here in front of you throwing herself to you, and you're just like, Well, I saw vaginas earlier in the day. So <laughs> yeah. sorry, ma'am. No can do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have to agree with you yet again. If I have to see one more of these at the end of the day, just completely ridiculous. Um, yeah, no one's so gonna I, be fucking that asshole. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks, and an eggplant for Phoebe. All right, let's get to five steaks and an eggplant. Then you want to go first, or should I go first? Um, I'll go first. Um, we're gonna spread them out a little bit, but not so much. Um, we'll start out with Monica. Monica's getting an eggplant because hypothetically she's forty and she's not married, which is the worst fate a person mm-hmm. could imagine. Um, I will say that this episode is kind of just, uh, nothing burgers for Chandler and Rachel, and we'll give one to Phoebe for her, um, you know, inspiring speech about how lucky Ben is. Um, we'll give two to Joey for his pregnancy storyline, and we'll give the other two to Ross for the more dominant pregnancy storyline. Um, and those are my five eggplants. All right, let's start with Chandler. He basically spent the whole episode awkwardly hanging around the waiting room, so I'm not going to give him anything. Phoebe inspired the name Ben, so I'll give her a stake for that. Uh, Joey, not exactly clear to me why he was helping Lydia, but he was, so I'll give him a stake for that. Um, Monica becomes an aunt, so I'll give her a stake. Ross becomes a dad, so I'll give him two stakes. And I'm going to give Rachel an eggplant. She selfishly tries to distract the doctor, focusing only on her own opportunity to get to, to get to date a doctor um, uh, to, the, uh, to the pregnant woman's um, detriment. She lacks the self-awareness about this weird edible thing that's going on. And so, yeah, to me, she's a clear eggplant winner. And on that note, can we jump to the postman? Uh, We sure can. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! I guess there was some screw-up at the damn post office. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the U.S. post office? No, more like U.S. lost office. What are they, Irish? Hashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! 
Um, we start off this week with Amir Benarsh, who says, This was a fantastic episode and perfectly mixed the humor, drama, and emotion. It has season finale energy packed into a penultimate episode. Joey's storyline is sweet and funny. Phoebe's songs are phenomenal, particularly the one about your kids resenting you and yelling at you. I also love all the foreshadowing, whether purposeful or not, particularly Monica and Chandler having a baby. It's a really well-constructed episode. Um, I believe I believe they have twins actually, so that's really actually foreshadowing the twins. Overall, I give it a four point eight, my top episode of the season. While a put good plot device, the three of them getting locked in that room together makes no sense. First of all, it's right outside the main hallway, so of course someone will hear them bang. Also, no one has doors like that where the doorknob needs a key from both sides. Unless the doorknob breaks, you'd be able to open it from the inside. When Joey meets Leia Romani and she has a contraction, he calls for the father. You're in a hospital. Wouldn't you just call for a nurse or doctor? All right. Uh, the Celtics weren't a great team in 1995. However, they did grab the eighth seed in the East with their less than impressive 35 and 47 record. Weird team featuring Dominique Wilkins, Dino Raja, and D Brown. Okay, good fun facts. Okay, Elizabeth Berry says, hi, pretty good friends. I had a similar calculus experience to Chester. I took calculus in high school and had an amazing teacher and tested into calculus too in college. It was my first class on the first day of school and I walk into class and the teacher hands us a worksheet and says, if you struggle with this, you should probably drop this class. I bust through the worksheet and the teacher has us share our answers with the people around us. I turn around to the guy behind me because yeah, I was sitting in the front row and confidentially ask what his answers are. He had no clue and was like, oh, this is so easy. The guy did not drop the class and did in fact struggle through the class. I didn't actually watch the episode, but Moo Points 3.8, best friend, new baby Ben, Asshole, whoever got them all locked in the closet. I think that's Phoebe. And stakes, three to Ross for becoming a dad, one to Phoebe for being a nice friend in the closet, one to Chandler, I assume he was funny, and the eggplant to Rachel for worrying too much about her looks at the hospital. Okay. Zachary Louis says, hey, Alex and Av, pretty solid episode. I was surprised to see Leia Romini and thought she was fantastic. I also enjoyed the slightly meta humor of Chandler knowing when to make sarcastic quips and Rachel not having the same sense. I'm neutral on the whole baby plot. I believe you both have children, so maybe it resonates more with you. Alex, I believe you have double the number of children as me. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Good math. Zach gives the episode 3.3 moo points. Best friend is Joey for helping a stranger during a difficult time. Fucking asshole is Susan for buying candy with raisins in it. Chunky bars are gross. Two stakes to Joey for being supportive during two births. One stake to Ross for becoming a parent. One stake to Chandler for knowing when to make his jokes. One stake to Phoebe for helping settle down Ross and Susan and give them some perspective. Eggplant to whoever wrote that final scene of all the friends looking down at the camera. It went on far too long, and I was deeply uncomfortable. Okay. Um, next, we go to Jim Crumley, who says, Is it too bad that the A-plot, everything involving Susan, Carol, and Ross, soaked the life out of the episode? Rachel's D-plot chasing a doctor was even worse, though Joey's C-plot as a birth support partner was great fun. The highlight of the episode was the B-plot of Monica wanting a baby. So much, such fun. With Monica and Chandler, the foreshadowing here makes me wonder how long the writers had that pairing in mind. Also, the post credit scene from Baby Ben's perspective was great fun. 3.2 moves. Fucking asshole is Dr. Franz Blau. Hard to believe that this appearance helps Silverman get a spot leading a show in the coveted slot between Friends and Seinfeld. Oh, so what show is that? Wasn't it like different shows all the time? Well, he's obviously referring to one show in particular. Suddenly, Susan, I don't know. Um... Come with gal is Lydia. She seems like she would have been a good match for Joey. Too bad her dopey baby daddy came back. Doug is definitely improvement over that guy. The eggplant is Rachel. The doctor chasing is not a good look. One stake for Joey for helping Lydia. One stake for Ross. Even though he was a doofus, he became a father and was able to luck his way into a decent name for his son. Two stakes to Monica. She became an aunt and continued to soften up Chandler. 
and one stake to Chandler for finagling a marriage pack way out of his league. Okay. We go to next to Zach Brooks, who says that if I see one more cup of coffee joke is one that stayed with me all these years later. Classic. So Ross yeah. has five family and friend members there, but Carol doesn't get anyone. Eggplant for Leia Romini for the Ewing hate, steak for baby Ben, Phoebe song, and steak for future relationship foreshadowing. Very heartfelt ending and some funny moments. Not the funniest episode, but very solid for a milestone episode. Five moves. That's a lot of moves. Wow. That's a lot of moves. It's a maximum number of moves. Mm-hmm. And finally, we end off with Olin Allen. Guess this is no longer a popular episode among Scientologists. Good to see the outfit con- continuity from the end of the previous episode. Must be a very quiet hospital if two thirds of the people in the waiting area are Ross and his sizable group of buddies. While poor Carol and Susan only had each other for support. Seemed like a horror film at the end with how Ross and then the other friends hover creepily over the camera. Initially, I thought he was filming one of those messages videos for later grown up Ben rather than being a POV shot. For the stakes, two to Phoebe, providing support and kindness to the isolated lifetime lesbian partner, got her and Russ to reconcile when they needed to be there for Carol and came up with the name. Three to Joey, taking time away from the overcrowded chaotic madness and managing to help sweet Leia Ramini, good sports banter, and the one bit of sentimentality I liked when he left the balloon at the door rather than disturb and walking away hand in hand with his other balloon buddy. The eggplant goes to Monica, a bit too worried about her own future parenthood rather than supporting her brother and nephew. Come with Gallus Susan for showing the perfect showing the patient of a saint, patience of a saint, and finally reconciling with that irritating Ross guy. The fucking asshole is Rachel for imposing on poor Carol to satisfy her own daddy doctor issues. And he gives the episode a little icky with some sentimentality. 3.1 moves. Is that the end of our postman? Yeah, because it's Olin Allen who always goes last. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's only yeah. been like 200 episodes. That we've Sorry, been I joined this. the stupid um, uh, Ponderosa chat and people are asking me a million questions. So. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when you do a podcast with someone immediately after they get voted out of a survivor league that they've been very invested in for 10 weeks. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So let's get to our moot points. This is all a moot point. <laughs> huh. A moot point. <laughs> yeah, it's moot. I give this move, this uh, episode just moo, which is 1.7 moo points. There's just one storyline here, which is that a non-main character delivers a baby we will almost never see over the course of the rest of the show. I don't care. I don't know why we should care. There are subtle hints about Monica and Chandler, which would be cool, except they're not actually subtle hints because there wasn't a plan yet. So they don't get credit for that. So yeah, I just... I understand why this episode's rated high because anytime again there's a baby born or there's a marriage or whatever it's going to be like in people's memories like a, a turning point episode but this is a baby we don't really care about uh so yeah, I don't care so yeah eh, episode for me Yeah um I think this is kind of just like an average episode um I would say you know it it's definitely memorable but it's not that funny um and I don't know, the sentimentality doesn't uh, is not enough for me. Um, I'll say this episode is a 3.2, um, just just above average. Um, so, you know, m- me and you, I believe, are um, we're, we're quite a bit lower than the audience. Um, yeah. The audience um, average came out to 3.87, which is the second overall episode after the one with the poker, I believe. Um, yes, the one with the poker was the top. So one with all the poker. Apologies. Um, so this is number two for the audience. It's um, number twenty for you, um, which is very low. It's number twelve for me, which is like right in the middle. Um, we come out to an overall score of two point nine two 
15th overall out of 22 episodes. So a little bit below average overall. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. All right, well, next week, we have the final episode of season one, the one where Rachel finds out. Um, this episode will be a uh, will, uh, will air on an off night for the Knicks which is very lucky for them. The the night before, they will have won by a single point to stave off elimination. Um, and then the night after next week's final episode, they will win again in Indiana to come home for a game seven after the friend season has ended. Uh, as I'm sure you remember, Ewing misses a game-tying layup at the buzzer as the Knicks fall 97-95 in game seven. The same scores are a game three loss. So, um, yes, the month of May did not end well at all for your Knicks. Uh, or for your Rangers in 1995. Let's hope that the uh, the friend season ends uh, better. I hope so. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Get a life, Jews.